What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 281. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts. My name is Steve, and I'm here today, as always, with... Ron. And John. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. I know we're trying to keep this nice and tight, but we got a lot of stuff happening. We're recording this uh, on Thursday night, December 10th, which is also the evening... Late, late afternoon, early evening when Disney had their investor call, which is like a mini D23, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's a lot to talk about uh, with that, which we will kind of go through some of it briefly. And then there's a couple releases, theatrical, well, I don't know, theatrical? Wow, I almost, I said theatrical. There's a there's a big movie coming out, uh, Christmas Day, the new Paul Greengrass movie, News of the World, that we're going to talk about a little bit. A couple of us were able to see it. We're going to talk about that movie. I think we're going to talk a little bit about Freaky. And uh, maybe also about the Russell Crowe, what is that, thriller? Unhinged, right? Right. I mean, it's like a slasher movie. Almost. Almost. I, would argue yeah. that, I would argue that Unhinged is one of the first new ideas for what could, like, something that could become a slasher franchise I've seen in a while that feels like it's cleverly constructed to be something that could happen to almost anybody, which is kind of your slasher premise, right? <clears throat> right, right, right. So yeah, I guess you know that's the back yes, half unhinged. of the episode. We'll get into some of these reviews, um, but first, I guess let's get into this a little bit. I mean, we're kind of literally recording this as it's wrapping up, so news is kind of still trickling out of of this uh, investors call. But we were talking about this on our text thread uh, off and on because basically, you know, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of news coming out with the HBO Max announcement with Warner Brothers and the 2021 slate coming to HBO Max, you know, day and date with theatrical releases where theaters are open. So a lot of conversations has been going on about, you know, what's Disney going to do with, you know, a lot of their titles that they have coming up, a lot of their stuff that they have coming to the streaming service that maybe aren't movies that are, you know, series, what's going on with the Marvel series, what's going on with Star Wars. And I think for the most part, I think a lot of questions have been answered uh, with this investor's call. And a lot of cool new announcements of things that really I don't think many people knew anything about, at least speaking for myself, I had no clue of some of these things even being uh, in pre-production, um, both from Star Wars, I mean, yeah, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, even Hulu announcements um, that were pretty awesome. Uh, but I don't know, what do you guys, you know, coming off of it, I know you caught some of the little teasers that they posted, but any quick thoughts before we talk about some of these specific announcements? I mean, in, in general, Disney's announcements what? the call in general like what are you what are you thinking right now um i watched the whole thing um and what i've gathered is don't panic i mean yeah. the, the the thing is uh they haven't changed anything uh, uh the schedule seems to be kind of on par with what we heard before through rumblings of you know rumored shows and stuff like that you're right we did hear about some new shows but they're not coming out anytime soon mm-hmm. have right. they had a visceral reaction to Whatever HBO's have, I heard a little swipe at Game of Thrones, but besides that, nothing, nothing really. They're a little unmoved. the The thing is, unfortunately, they're probably going to have to mo- make a move in twenty twenty one because people just aren't going to be going to theaters. So whether they showed this sort of like stoic face for their investors, um, right. and then they're going to do something totally different in a couple months, seems to be what it's going to be, unless they compress this sort of year and then put that into 2022 because right, people right. just aren't going to go to movie theaters right now um despite a vaccine coming despite everybody isn't going to take the vaccine everybody isn't going to be 
ready to go into theaters. So it's a little strange. I mean, you know, it would have been weird if they were just like, everything's going to Disney Plus. But it also is weird that they didn't react at all. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like, I don't know. One of the things I found interesting, like mentioning the HBO comparison, is that like, you know, I think a lot of people were talking about Disney's attempt with Mulan and how they had like that premiere access. Yeah. And it was kind of a it was kind of like a flex, I guess, on their part that they still have doubled down on I think the idea of yeah. some things will go to Disney Plus and will be a part of your subscription. For example, Soul coming out on Christmas Day, a huge Pixar movie. Huge that apparently movie. is that is apparently great. But then they announced that the film Ryan and the Dragon that's coming out, you know, I think it's like the first second quarter of 2021. It is going to Disney Plus, but it is still maintaining that model that Mulan had where it's going to mm. be a premier level of access, you know, whatever the price point is, if it's the same or if it changes. But they, they have delineated that. They have made that clear that a lot of these movies that they've announced um, and you notice in the events across some of those icons on the screen, it would show the Disney Plus like with the premier access next to it. And mm. some of them would say only on Disney Plus and it would just be Disney Plus. So... It's some of these movies that they're saying are coming to the streamer, it's obvious that I don't know how they're earmarking them, but some of them are going to be something that you do pay for still on top of your membership. And I don't, I'm curious to see kind of what we see those titles becoming. Um, and yeah, the criteria that they use to decide it is, is something that'll be interesting in the, in the coming, I guess, couple quarters of 2021. Yeah. What about you, John? Like, what's your what's your what's your take? Uh, you know, what what you were able to watch, or I know you were catching up on some of the the trailers and the clips that uh they were le were releasing. Yeah, like right up to the last minute before we started doing this, they were posting some some clips, things we've heard talked about for a while. You know, like the Loki mm -hmm. trailer, the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer, and the the Wandavision trailer are all three of those. That's our best look yet at a concept we yeah. heard was coming, and I was. You know, I thought Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston together on an elevator was, that's a show right. for me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? that's it. Like, yeah. Um, but I think that um, also the way that, that you're getting a little bit of a tease of the storylines. Honestly, I think that's what my takeaway from any of this is, is that I'm excited about where these stories might be going. I mean, I'm one of those Star Wars fans who's enjoyed the way that the Mandalorian has given us a, a different way in to this, this world. And I think the shows they've announced for Star Wars have have that opportunity to be a, another set of different ways in maybe just to some familiar stuff obviously the biggest announcement on the star wars side is probably patty jenkins doing uh, rogue squadron yeah her description of why she wants to do that movie which again they've said movie right i didn't miss that it's not a show yeah, it's a movie yep next um, star wars film so like who knows where it fits in the timeline who knows what it is really except that it's about uh, theoretically an X-Wing squadron. But I mean, I think that's the one thing that can be a little confusing, but also a little exciting about Star Wars at the moment is that the question, where does it fit into the timeline can be a little right. bit frustrating if you have to sort of lay it out for somebody. But I also think the notion that they can go to someplace really new in the timeline and just do something different and stick to a concept because it could be a project that only has to do its own thing and not, um, you know, support a trilogy or, or, or even connect back to these other movies. So I think that's the exciting part for me out of all this. It's just the storytelling opportunities, like the WandaVision trailer, the, the little hint of what the story is we got from this most recent one seems really unusual and, and trippy. And, um, when, uh, I forget the great character actress who's in that playing like the wacky neighbor, it looks like someone helped me with her. She was on uh, parks and rec. Oh yeah. I forgot her name. 
well, I should know her name. Anyway, uh, when she says, are you here to help us in this like tense way? I was like, oh boy, this, this seems like it's like a fantasy of, of uh, Scarlet Witch's yeah. creation, but it might be something darker than that or something kind of coming from the outside. So I don't know. I'm just glad to see that those stories look interesting and uh, fun. And, um, you know, Henry was just saying to me the other day, what are you excited about right now, Dad? Because we usually look at trailers together and talk about what movies we kind of can't wait to go see. And it's been a while sure. for us to have that type of experience, you know. Um, and then here we are today with like five or six new clips to watch that we're like, oh, OK, cool. I kind of know what we're going to be watching or at least what we're jazzed to see for the next few months, because January 15 is uh, WandaVision and that's soon. But yeah, they didn't put dates on a lot of that stuff. So I do think we're looking at a, a pretty long timeline. I mean, uh, Rogue Squadron is three years out, so. All those other Star Wars shows could be as as far out or further, depending on on what the development process is like. Yeah. Um. One thing I did take away from the Marvel portion, which was really interesting, and I don't think Kevin Kevin Feige's actually done <clears throat> in a, in a physical form because he's always kind of tweeted like this. But he, you know, how you watch those movies of the 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 detective with the pictures on the screen with the with the threads going on the board yeah. connecting. This yeah. is the first time that he did it. And I think that that comes from the idea that there are so many things happening at once. How is this stuff connected? Who are these people? And one thing that he did that I was not expecting was that he told us um, that uh, Maria, Monica Rambo's character, um, played by Tiana Paris, is the daughter yeah. of Captain Marvel's best friend. So, like, you know, making those connections very quickly with the with the uh, viewer, with the investor um, is something that, you know, he wasn't doing before. And I think there's a need for it now because it's getting so damn crazy. You're having two lines kind of timelines happening at the same time. You have the the ones that are going to be on the, the theatrical screen, which he's kind of he made very clear. And then the TV world, which is also going to connect these worlds, but they are separate in some ways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so this acknowledgement of both and talking about the connections is something yeah. that we kind of maybe needed. And it's cool to see that he cares enough to tell us how these things connect. So sure. Uh, Catherine Hahn. Catherine okay, Hahn. Catherine That's what I thought yeah. it was. But yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't see the new WandaVision trailer. So I thought maybe there was a different character. I saw her in the teaser before. Yeah, well, she's yeah, been kind she's of like part man. of this kind of sitcom reality in the trailer. And then there's one part where she's yeah. got this like strained look on her face and she says, are you yeah. here to help us? And it's like, oh, you know, so it's like there's some kind of weird nightmare thing that they're all trapped in or something that that just seems trippy. But no, I agree with you, uh, uh, Ronald, this idea of how things are connected and that the audience, I, my general feeling is at this point, you're you're bought in. If you're watching this stuff, you're enough interested to find out what it is you're watching. But each item should do its own job of telling its own story, you know, and bringing yeah. in different creators and people with different ideas about what kind of stories should be told in these worlds is the way to do that. And I think that's the cool thing about where they're going with Star Wars is that maybe maybe we will get to finally see some of those true side stories that they talked about when when Disney bought Star Wars years ago. Yeah, the idea yeah, that yeah. we're going to get to see different people's vision uh, and yet to never reboot, I think, is sort of the gift of Star Wars. You can just go to a different part of the, the galaxy. You can go to a galaxy, different part of the yeah. timeline. You don't have to say, well, who's playing this character now? Um, so, no, I think that it's a it's a cool experiment. But how it's all connected, you know, that can be the thing that overwhelms people. I mean, we led up to uh, Endgame with the Marvel movies recently. And right before that movie came out, people were getting extremely fatigued you know, yeah. the casual fans anyway, we're getting really fatigued with the notion of, of like, are, am I just going to see a movie to set up another movie? So let's just hope these things feel unique and discreet enough in, in the stories they're telling. 
um, because yeah. the teams they're putting together and the creative side of it is it's always inspiring to see that part. I think that's why they why he kind of said like this is going to be a mystery, this is going to be yeah. a heist, this mm-hmm. is going to be yep. you know. I think that's one of the things that's that's kind of it's working on our nerves, man. Let's be honest. We're it's 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 not new things. It's yeah. just it's it's yeah. in a world that we know already, and things are being added onto it, and there's some connective tissue between all of it. So if you're gonna do it, make it different. And I love that you know, Wandavision is the step to do that. Mm-hmm. Like. If you think about this, like WandaVision, out of all the things that are coming out, it's kind of this like high art that they're trying to present it as. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it is. I think it's going to be doing some things and working on some levels that people aren't used to seeing in this world, right. which will also lend itself to Doctor Strange, obviously. Right. Yeah. But right. that's what that's this, what they originally said was that this was going to lead into that. And that is a Sam Raimi movie that purports yeah. to be their uh, their scariest one yet they've said it's not a horror movie but that it will have you know more elements of horror than other films so the the fact that this has a little bit of an unsettling quality to what's going on um you're right it feels like a new flavor yeah, yeah. this is going to do the heavy lifting for the preparation for you being like okay this is going to be like a movie that i'm watching on tv this is this is an idea that's going to be a little different from something that i've seen in a the theater so i don't know i kind of like it I think that was one of the things that stood out to me on the call, like when Chapik was talking or Chapik was talking and, you know, other guests that they had talking was they kept like kind of zoning in on this idea that like a lot of these productions are going into place like without a concept of being for TV or for the theater, you know, which is a lot of what had to do with Disney's announcement, you know, a couple months back about how they were reorganizing everything and. You know, things are being created, not always with the intention of like, this is going to be a theatrical release or this is going to be a Disney Plus original, whatever it might be. So I think that's a big part of their messaging. And I think they did a really good job on the call of like trying to remind everybody of that as much as possible and to show that the quality of production was never kind of like a sacrifice, you know, like the the, the Cassian Andor series, like we were showing that, like they really were showing the scale. Yeah. And because that seemed to be one that they kind of are in production on and could show some stuff. Yeah, they had more more stuff to show you. Right. And, you know, and obviously like WandaVision and, you know, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, all, all these things, you see the production value and you can see that like these yeah. things are not being, um, you know, that nothing's being spared in terms of production. For the for the franchises, it basically you know you're saying this is a Star Wars series, just like Mandalorian. Like it it's it looks incredible, mm-hmm. you know. So like the fact that they have over ten or more of these things being announced, and, you know, for Star Wars specifically, and all the new stuff for Marvel, like talking about like the What If series looks really cool, and you know them just announcing that you know there is going to be a Fantastic Four movie and that John Watts is going to be directing it. Like I think that's like a cool thing to kind of keep threading this really delicate balance of you know what you're used to in the franchises and what the future holds for you or for them and for you and kind of that bridge between the two because i think that these over the top platforms are the bridge like ronald was saying and you both have been basically saying that like the idea of setting the expectations and like trying to explain how everything will tie together and how watching something on disney plus will afford you the opportunity to understand something that comes out maybe theatrically one day like that's a unique experience that's really untouched, you know, in media in general. And I think especially to the scale that things like Star Wars and Marvel have um, kind of built themselves up to be. But, um, you know, I just think I think in general, too, like we've talked about on this podcast, like, you know, 
a lot of a lot of talk around Disney Plus is like that it's basically like a library that they don't have a lot of like the original stuff and they don't yet. But I think this call and this conversation uh, they had today is like a really good sign of how much is happening. You know, mm -hmm. it's not there yet. And obviously COVID and this pandemic has really kind of delayed a lot of these things. But it's also maybe afforded them the opportunity to really kind of get a better roadmap of where these things should be and where they should go and when we should be able to see them. Um, but I think that's a really big takeaway, too, is just simply that, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming out on Disney Plus that yeah. is intended to be Disney Plus originals. And, uh, you know, and it's Disney kind of leveraging every piece of IP that they have from our childhood, you know, to current titles, you know, they're really mining and then some would probably say, you know, exploiting maybe in some ways, um, some of their older titles to even kind of get those things going too, which is, I don't know. That's really, it's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I kind of wish that I knew about more stuff in 2021. That's the only thing that I'm taking from this is that I have no fucking idea yeah. beyond uh, Black Widow what's coming out. And I'd like to see some strides to kind of tell people what was coming up in the immediate uh, future. Um, another thing that, I, you know, I, we kind of talked about this off, um, off mic was the idea of some adult content coming into Disney Plus. You know, I'd, I'd heard that almost a year ago that that was the plan and it was coming soon. And figuring out how how to make it work, it, you know, yeah. it's been whispers about it, um, and it's cool to see that this service is becoming essentially a, a real contender. And and having this stuff versus something original that people aren't really connected to is crazy. Disney is hitting hard. HBO Max hitting hard. So you yeah. know, it's just mm -hmm. how is Netflix going to be able to compete with these two services? coming as hard as they have. What do you think is going to... I guess that's the question I wanted to ask you guys. I, I don't know. I I'm I maybe look at it as these two guys are trying to compete with Netflix, personally. Like, I, I, I think that, um, you know, everybody's kind of playing catch-up to Netflix in terms of the streaming wars. Mm -hmm. But this is where I think these roads are crossing, where the theaters... I mean, the uh, the movie studios, the production houses that are traditionally theatrical or network TVs or they have their cable subscription services where they really are committing to making stuff exclusively on the streaming platform. Mm -hmm, so, yeah. you know, and I think them doing that is also changing the game for Netflix because Netflix now has leverage to get their titles in theaters. If theaters are willing to play Warner Brothers films while it's on HBO Max and also possibly Disney stuff, if 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 it happens some similarly, I don't know, but I mean that'll probably change. But I just think that ever since Disney Plus, which is the real competitor right now to Netflix, you know, with 137 million subscribers, I think they said, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think the idea is, you know, they've always been trying to to catch up to Netflix. And I think they're starting to, especially yeah. Disney plus honestly, HBO max is like really behind. Like their numbers are not yeah. very good. And I think this announcement of, of the whole theatrical window and like the titles coming day and date and wonder woman, the next three months will be really interesting to see how those numbers change. But Disney's numbers are insane and they're the real comp competition right now for Netflix. 
So, I mean, Netflix spends so much money. Like, their production budget is insane. I don't even know. I think it's probably more than these studios, like, by a long shot. And so I think just apples to apples, I think they're outspending them already. So I don't know that it's really Netflix catching up to them. I think it's really just the possibility that them trying to catch up to Netflix may open up a new avenue for Netflix, which is put our movies in theaters sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It'll blur the line. It'll be interesting. I yeah. get what you mean. I think I think what 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 I mean by that is ultimately maybe this will represent two different types of services. Like to me, this is a realm that's not like I don't think about Netflix still isn't synonymous with theater stuff yet. And maybe right. you're right. Maybe the theaters, maybe them going to theaters and being like, oh, this is a <laughs> this is a Netflix theatrical release will represent something different. But it's not. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't feel the same. It, you know, you watch these things like uh, Mandalorian. There's no Mandalorian on Netflix yet. So, you know, what what I'm saying is like, maybe these will be two different lanes. Maybe it'll be like, there's the there's a Netflix that has its own original content. And then ones that put out, one, you know, known. Uh, right, their IP. Known IPs that we know, you know, like, you know, yeah. nostalgia and all this stuff. But it's actually things that were supposed to come out in theaters are now on a separate service now like it just feels very different like i don't yeah, i don't look right. at these as different uh, as the same service anymore mm -hmm. they just they service a different need they're, they're people that you know you know that was like my biggest complaint about netflix for a really long time like where's the stuff that i know you know this is a different category now it's going to be like netflix yeah it's it's all owned by the studios yeah it's all owned by the studios and then it's going to be <laughs> just they're trying <laughs> you know, to make their own they're trying yeah, to make their own that's that's so dope so like there might be something in in two three years it's like their game of thrones mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with anything that's outside of the system that we know I yeah think that's you're right cool. yeah it yeah, might definitely. be that they're staking out that brand too of saying that since they aren't necessarily the the holders of all this classic ip that they would be the people who might be more likely to i mean it's, it's always seemed that way anyway with who netflix hires and who they'll give a series to the fact yeah. that some of those shows come out and then you kind of forget about them um always seemed like a tiny bit of a problem with quality control but not not yes. the, you can't say that across the board because netflix has so many different ways of 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 a show being created whether they did it with like a lot of development or whether they picked yeah. it up or whether they yeah. just gave somebody trusted some money you know um d are they the ones that made the deal with david lynch for the series wisteria is that is that what happened this week i think uh i'm, I'm not sure to be honest i think david lynch is so just signed up with netflix let me check always down for something david lynch but i mean that's a him doing a new show David Lynch Netflix project working title Wisteria. Yeah, so I mean that's the, I just thought of that as an example of the kind of thing that you know that's like a that's the kind of signing they do. It's a creator based yep. thing rather than oh, an absolutely. IP based. It's really yep. cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So like, yeah, and they it's... get these overall deals with with these creators like yep. you know Fincher signing an overall deal. Yeah. you know, and he's got Mank that just came out last week. And I haven't seen so these it, are but, like but it looks really visionary. <laughs> yeah, these are like amazing names like Lynch. You know, David. Uh, Fincher and you know Scorsese did a movie. You know, this is the talent that they get there. It's just like the idea that these filmmakers, these creators, these producers are going to Netflix. Like it's it is going to be a problem for them in that sense that if they can also go, that these other platforms are going to start building the st the similar type of stable, and it's going to be where do they go? And and you start to see it kind of 
the lanes open up a little bit for some of these people to move around between these platforms because it won't just be Netflix now that's going to be willing to give you money. It's going to be, you know, you know, Warner for their HBO Max stuff. It's going to be Disney for Disney Plus stuff. It's going to be whoever like, um, you know, it's just it's just going to be a really interesting change to the entire idea of like you were saying, Ronald, like that Netflix kind of is viewed differently by a lot of people, in- including you, that it's like they kind of were the alternative. Yeah. And it kind of became the norm of what most people think of when they think of streaming. And they have so many subscribers that it may be hard for them to pivot to a theatrical option. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so they may have saturated be. their their user base to the point that why would I go to see a movie if it's included in my subscription? Yeah. You know, so that, that may be a, a problem for Netflix that they might have to come across and deal with. But but right now know, they're, it's, it's, they're printing it's, money. So that doesn't even matter at oh, this point, yeah. right? So yeah, um, yeah. they're not Another... the world's worst streaming service like uh, WB is over there at uh, HBO Max. <laughs> we got to talk a little bit about Christopher Nolan, right? I mean, yeah, he's, he's the guy who's really angry about all the stuff that we're sort of saying might be kind of exciting. I think we're all people who are going to be staying home a lot for the foreseeable future. And we want to see yeah. these things before 2025. For sure. So that's where sure. a lot of my optimism about this. I think the handholding between the home and the theatrical, it just makes more sense. We've said this ever since we started doing this show that yeah, home theaters yeah. are getting more uh, wonderful and theaters are getting like, and again, I think we've all consistently gone to movies. So we've never been people who were going to give up on that theatrical experience. Yeah. But as far as like, yeah, do I want to wait for the theatrical experience or do I want to see new stuff? I think my desire to see new stuff outstrips my like religious fealty uh, to the notion of the theatrical experience, but I don't think any of us want to see it go away. And what I think of is no, when no. this is all said and done, the, this that handoff between a, a, a streaming series and a movie that might have similar themes or characters, you know, it shouldn't be that you need to do it all, but I think it'll be kind of fun and it will be for these continuing sagas anyway, it'll be a great way for the movies right. and the TV shows right. to kind of enrich each other. On the other side, I mean, outside of just the economics of keeping everything running until then, I feel like people are going to be just as hungry for for movies in the theater as ever, if not more. I think, it, you know, right now we've sort of all we're all coming to terms with how much we miss that experience. We haven't really talked about it yeah. as much at the top of the show as as much as we did earlier in the year. But, you know, that was a big thing for us. Every week we were sort of comparing notes on how we're adjusting to this. I think we've all sort of adjusted to it, but I still don't think of it as very normal. And I occasionally have that feeling of like you know like you're stuck or something moving in slow motion going well, god I, you know i'm i'm being patient with this process but yeah but you know i hate that i hate yeah. that we're missing out on all this communal uh fun and yeah the theatrical experience is something i'll never i'll never turn my back on it uh, but at the same time i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be anything but excited that these big studios have realized that yes theatrical like top quality content uh, there is an audience sitting at home that that is dying for that stuff and so you know yeah yeah but well but it's it's gonna it's the future <clears throat> to to lend it you know to to kind of add on to what you said so here's here's something that people you know they're acting like movie theaters are dead people keep saying that but one thing that people are forgetting is kind of the fact that we're inside as a as the the alternative to getting sick right and what what that's going to do is it's building this anticipation to participate in public things. And I think yeah. when people feel safe and only at that moment, um, that's when people start moving around. So I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about some stuff we've seen. I know we, we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we we two of the three of us were able 
uh, despite great efforts made all around <laughs> to see yeah. um, to see News of the World, the new Paul Greengrass movie. Or, although I guess you can call it a Tom Hanks movie directed by Paul Greengrass, or you can call it it's like a reteaming of these guys, right? From uh, from yeah. Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. And in this, Tom Cruise again plays a guy who's a captain. Did you notice that, Ronald? Did you think about he that? He was throughout? a captain. He's not just he's not just the captain now. He's always the captain. Tom Hanks. <laughs> he, he is the captain. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I have a soft spot for westerns that give you a little bit of a different angle than you've seen before, and that walk you through scenes that you've sort of pictured but never quite seen depicted. And Tom Hanks is one of the best actors that's ever lived in terms of bringing you yeah. into a story. Absolutely. So I found this movie really engrossing on the on the, on the the storyline level and the character level. I think if I take a bird's eye view of what it's doing as a movie, I think it's a little bit interesting the way it handles some of the sort of... It's hard to do a, a Western now without thinking of the kind of politicized size of that uh, side of that, where we're thinking about slavery or we're thinking about the treatment of indigenous peoples uh, in this land. And I think this movie does a good job of paying respect to that, but in a strange way, it almost doesn't deal with it. And that's always a thing yeah. we talk about when we talk about period pieces and the like, where we say like, how well does this movie sort of, it's, it's like it looks past a lot of that stuff, but it never pretends yeah. it's not real. Um, I don't know that I want to ding the movie, but I did think that was something worth discussing. But I thought it was well made, and the, the character relationship at the core of the movie of Tom Hanks and I don't know the young actress's name. Um, but no, it was it was super engrossing. I was hooked from the start by like their rapport and their kind of growing affection for each other as they encounter all this craziness. What about you, Ronald? Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean... You know, it, there has to be some acknowledgement of slavery and stuff like that. And, you know, they had a little part at the beginning that I could have dealt without. I could I could have done without. I thought of um, you through that because we've talked about this imagery. Yeah. It's just like, why? Why is this in here? Why is it in here? It hasn't been scattered throughout the movie. It's just very unnecessary. And but, he's a Confederate man, movie, captain, too. We should mention that he's a he's yeah. a retired Confederate soldier. So that that also adds an element of something to the story. Yeah. Um. Tom Cruise is just he and Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise and Tom. Tom Cruise is whatever you're about to say. Ronald, can I give you a tip? Whenever you catch yourself doing that, the best thing to do is to be like Tom Cruise is um, I mean he's on the record as agreeing with me about this. He loves Tom Hanks just as much as I do. <laughs> the program crashed like three times in a. I mean the the thing like crashed three times in a row. Oh, your audio? Yeah, the audio. That's why I like uh -oh. stopped completely. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, that's why I said Tom Cruise, because I was like looking yeah. over. All right. So um, Tom Hanks is uh, just one of those people that just doesn't need a lot. You know, he did, he's it's just him in a room and he's emoting in a way that just him and that kid are doing some magic, man. Like, that, it's just I, I never thought about the idea of what Westerns must have represented to our to our like great grandparents and grandparents. Right. It was like this idea that like. You know, the, these are a lot of the times people coming from other places, traveling across the the country, sometimes across the world to get to a place in America. And these stories about going across large plains of land and in the journey that, you know, they, they heard about through, through their grandparents must be crazy to see on film, you know, yeah. what that represented to them. And, you know, my granddad was obsessed with Westerns. And it was because it, were, it was a simple story. He loved complex stories, but I realized that Westerns have more complex stories than I thought. I was like, it's just cowboys killing each other. You're like, no, well, this person assaulted this person and this person's pregnant by this guy and he has to go across. I'm like, this is, 
complicated. And it's all about survival. Yes. It's all about survival, you know, like, especially out on the fringes of what we would think of as polite contemporary society. So yeah, it's crazy yeah. when you think about it that way, that it's, for some people, it was just a couple generations back that yeah. they, they may have heard stories about that time. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I thought the same thing when you said the thing about the, the scene at the beginning, the imagery there, the fact that he's a Confederate uh, captain, yeah. the fact that there's a part, you just can see when he's, he goes to town to town, the reason the movie's called News of the World is his job is going from town to town and reading newspapers to people who might be illiterate or who might be just unable to get like yeah. newspapers from all over the country or all over, all over the world. But he is instantly presented as this kind of voice of knowledge and, and compassion. So I did think at the, in the first few minutes, I was like, oh, Tom Hanks, of course, he's, it's like Brad Pitt in, um, in uh, 12 Years a Slave, it's like, you know, he's the producer, so he's going to be the most woke guy in the movie. Like, Tom Hanks definitely is the most woke retired Confederate captain that probably was ever uh, around in 1870. That, that's but, another but, thing. But, but, but I liked his level of human compassion, and that's something Tom Hanks brings to a role. On his face, whenever there's like an injustice or something going on that's bad, yeah. you, you sense the weight of it. And I thought that, that the, the, the stakes of what might happen to this little girl became so palpable and a lot of it has to do with his ability to bring us into that character's goodness yeah that you almost forget some of these things about how well maybe there's no way this guy really could be good by our definition because of you know because of the confederate thing or just because of the time he's in but yeah maybe, maybe he's an anachronism maybe people like that didn't really exist but i i felt like the moral force of his character throughout this whole movie and it allowed me to kind of deal with some of that stuff we're talking about that they breeze past because i was like well captain kidd's not doesn't like it either he's yeah. you know he, you could see the look on his face when yes. he finds the the thing we're talking about so i i'm start, like in the past like I'm, I'm expecting this for the next like five years through hook or crook they're gonna let you know that white people there were some solid white people that existed <laughs> and that that bothers me so bad i just think like why are we doing this but if there were to be a person there were to be considerate it would be this character he was so you're right. There were there, the stakes were very apparent. Whenever something happened, I, it, 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 he he wore the expression that we all had. You know, when mm -hmm. you you see somebody in a distance, you're like, this person isn't stopping. This person's going to try to kill him. Oh my god! You can see the. He just wanted to protect that little girl, man. Mm -hmm. And you forget that, like you know, back in the day, somebody would point at something like, "I want that. That's mine. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you're saying." Sure, you bought that. Sure, that sure that's your family member. Sure, that's your cart. I want that. It's just like you know, stakes were very high. Yeah. Oh, so I enjoyed it, man. I I thought it was a yeah. great movie. I, I I'd suggest it to anybody. It's a solid movie. It made trivia. It's like an adventure story, you yes. know. On top of everything we're saying, it does have an, like it's violent and it's it's got some bleak aspects. Yeah. But it it has an adventure quality to it, like an episodic yes. kind of out of the frying pan into the fire kind of kind of storyline. And that chemistry, it, like for for that alone, the chemistry between the child and 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 the Tom 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 Hanks character <laughs> is really dope. I, I just really enjoyed it. <laughs> Tom Cruise. What Hanks. is what what is the young actress's name? We've got to say it just because uh, she would tell Helene, she would tell <laughs> Helena Zingal yeah. uh, is her name, and I did not know her nationality. I guess she might be German or, or, or Dutch German, or yeah. something. But um, 
again, it's not a wordless performance by a long shot, but she does so much without words that you understand that when you finally do, there's ways in the movie that you finally do get a window into what she's saying, subtitles at times, but at, at points, it's so important that he communicate with her and you see the difficulty they're having and when they finally find ways to communicate. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you spend enough time with them just together. It's only like, what, a two hour movie? It's not long, long. No. It feels a little yeah. long, like the pace of it is a little slow, but when I think about all the stuff that happens in it, there's a lot of incident in the movie yes, so i don't lot. know i think it's just a big kind of well-made movie i mean you know there's a lot to sink your teeth into in this one yeah it's 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 really beautiful too you know the camera work is great it's just a gorgeous movie you do feel like you know this is a journey this is a journey it's it's intense and this it really does feel like he changes he starts the movie one way and comes out on the end a different person and you feel it you feel it developing and I think it's a pretty cool thing to watch. We've seen a lot of movies about like an old asshole who learns to not be an asshole. In this mm -hmm. case, you're to learn it's a movie about like an old, a nice guy who has like a barrier up in his heart. And he learns to be like he finds the reasons for why he would let it down. And yeah. you discover why he's got the barrier up. You know, you in the it's I don't know. It happens at the same time in the story. Don't you think, Ronald, that like you realize that he can't go back to what he thought his life that he had doesn't matter anymore yeah and she does matter to him there's a great moment it's kind of that like i don't know there's a there, there's a there's a lot of really warm uh really warm moments in this movie despite the violence and despite the paul greengrass can always give that sort of momentum to an action scene or a, a scene of violence and there's a couple scenes where they're i just think they're brilliantly shot and staged and edited that shootout amongst those rocks was really nerve-wracking <clears throat> Don't you think, Ronald? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you seem to be writing something down. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's um, yes, it was. It was. It was very yeah. action packed and crazy. So yep. So oh, news of the world. I guess we liked it. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. But, but should you go to the theater to see it? No, no. You should wait until it's at home. But I think it's in theaters on Christmas Day. Is that not correct? Yeah, I, yeah. Christmas. So maybe you should go to the boy. This is weird. They let us see a screener and we're hyping it. But um, I guess do what you will. Go, go see it. In your yeah. house. <laughs> go see it and get out of your bed and go see it. Oh, PVOD. I've just finally, I didn't realize we would have a conflict of interest, but I just realized we do. Yeah. These theatrical ones. But, um, yeah. I mean, if you are putting, if you're like, if you're like renting out like a, one of those bubble, I've seen these different performances where people, everyone's in a bubble or you can like, maybe there's some super safe uh, theatrical experience. But, uh, anyway, maybe I'll be editing this out. Um, at any rate, we liked the movie. <laughs> <laughs> good job everybody involved <clears throat> you all did so good yeah i was reading about this this distribution plan so it is in theaters but i saw that there's some sort of partnership where netflix has the international rights for it oh no so so they're handling the international release sometime in 2021 oh. but it's also interesting because, like, you know, we. it sounds like you guys really liked it. I can't wait to see it. But, I mean, like, I, I'm curious. I don't know that it's been actually promoted or even we didn't we, – we could probably ask our publicity contacts. But um, it's a, it's a, it's a universal pictures film. So I'm curious if they have the same – if they're going to do the same thing with this where they have – you know, it comes out and then 17 days later it will be on PVOD. So, you know, those that aren't ready to go to the theaters, there's a good chance that maybe in that first week of the new year, maybe you can uh, you can check this out at home as John and Ronald have recommended you do. Yeah, absolutely. 
So what else? Uh, let's. Can you guys have, have you both seen Freaky? No, I know John did. I haven't I seen Freaky, Freaky. I, but I really want okay. to know about it. So tag me in, Ronald, and I'll talk about it with John. Yeah. So I, so you're you're yeah. you're you're to my right. So I go like other side, Ronald. There we go. Oh. No, no, no. Oh. I, I, oh, for me, for me, he did it right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna look it's gonna look horrible, yeah. but it, we, I, it was fun. We're not gonna be side by side in the video. <laughs> yeah, but what did you think of Freaky? We'll, we'll go like I mean, it's, <laughs> it's both. It's it's both like a Vincent events. I was about to call him Vincent Vaughn. I don't, I don't know what's going on where it's I too am. Fun. I'm just in a box. It's too fun. I think you're be, I think you're below one of us. Um, I'm in a box. Yeah. A glass case of emotion. Yes, folks. We we have just discovered there's fun to be had. Uh, uh, uh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Video boxes. Freaky, freaky. But yes, freaky. I mean, it's, freaky. it's both a Vincent Vaughn film and kind of uh, a you know an attempt at sort of a, a a horror comedy. So I feel like those two things kind of blend together. You know, like he doesn't get a chance to be like uh, his usual self that much in this movie, but he has a few moments because of the performance aspect of switching. I mean, the whole plot is that he switches right. personalities with a right. with a teenage girl, and so he gets some right. kind of comic moments of being the big hulking Vince Vaughn that he is, and you know, talking like a like a teen. But um, I don't know. I thought it was kind of an interesting role for him. Like I I don't know how much he had to do with the. I feel like he does movies that he produces now, and I don't know was he in, involved on the creative side or was he just an actor in this? But it was an interesting part for him. Um, and you know, it definitely has some things going for it in terms of the sort of comedy that it's trying to be. Uh, what were your overall thoughts of, of Freaky? <clears throat> I, I actually thought it was great. I loved it. Um, I really like Chris Landon. Uh, he did both happy death day films. He's also wrote a bunch of the paranormal activity, uh, sequels. Um, but he's like a Blumhouse guy. Like he does a bunch of work for Blumhouse and I've pretty much have liked most of what he's done. But I, I just like the idea of what this is basically, you know, like you said, it's kind of got a mix of like a standard Vince Vaughn comedy um, along with like a high school kind of coming of age type thing mixed in with a slasher film. And it basically just sends all the tropes up and it's like, you know, super meta and talking about itself and the whole idea of a body switch. Um, it, it's just a, I, I just think it's a really fun mix. And I think that the characters in the movie are pretty fun are pretty funny um obviously vince vaughn is i mean i think he's pretty hilarious personally and i, I think you guys do too um but i think really um i think she was in one of the paranormal activity movies with him but um Catherine newton i thought was great in it um the, the female lead in the movie uh but it's just like a nice, it's like a great mix of the kind of things that I know we talk about a lot that I just like genuinely love. It's got that, it's like that high school fun slasher movie mixed with like Freaky Friday, you know? And it's just, you know, it, it's like you got to be okay with it. The movie, if I was digging one thing, it, it movie, it, it moves quick. There's really no uh, setup for what happens in terms of the body switch or the body swap. You know, it just happens. And, There's one little um, tiny bit of setup, but only so that you might recognize yeah. the prop. You recognize that yeah, it's some kind of collector's item, this device that allows them to switch. Sure, but you're sure. right. It, there's no explanation, which I felt like I was kind of glad that it was really elemental and that there wasn't some character who comes in to explain the magic or anything like that. I thought that was, but you're right that they just. You mean they don't you. go to the library like in Sinister <laughs> and talk to Vince, Vincent Ofrio and he gives them the whole story? They don't find an old uh, book. Well, they kind of do the old, book, old book thing, sort of, <laughs> yeah, I guess. They do. Uh, I was giving it more credit. I was just reviewing the plot in my head. I saw it a couple and of days ago. And as you talk through it, yeah. yeah. But um, no, I think that uh, you're right. I, but I, it's it's both sending up those 
those tropes and kind of saying we're going to move fast because we are this mashup, this genre mashup. Yeah. That we don't really have to have the slasher part be too worked out or have the body switch part exactly. be too worked out or even have the That's characters true. be too worked out. It's more that like within the first few minutes, you're surprised at how quickly things get grisly. And also, I thought that they really I thought it was going to be full of grisly deaths after that opening scene. That opening scene is yeah. kind of there to show you that they're not kidding about the death. But I feel like yeah. they, they, they're never that mean or that shocking again in terms of the characters that get that get killed. It's never quite as rough. Like the, the, there's two killings in the first scene where it's like it's just real gross and physical and, yeah. you know, and it's kind of saying to you, OK, this is yes, people are really going to die. Vince Vaughn is really going to be like throwing around kids in this movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think you're right that it, it works. Like I said, it has a lot going for it in terms of the different things it's trying to do. And I could see a lot of like, this almost feels like, again, sad to say, this feels like a great, like midnight screening kind of movie. Like you'd be, you know, oh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of reaction moments. And I feel like this is one, like, I, honestly, like I feel the same way about happy death day where, uh, like something that I, I, I kind of go back to and watch just casually. Cause it's just, it's such a, it's a, it's a nice, like cinematic meal to me like it's not like something deep something it's it's a, it's a nice like you know snack mm -hmm. you know it's, it's it's a nice like bowl of ice cream or something you know if i'm, if I'm trying to find the right thing because it's just like it's so quick but it's so good and it's just a lot of fun like i just love the idea of this horror we talked about a couple of episodes back we were talking about horror comedies and like it's kind of like pegging down some, what some of them are but like this one is a really great example of one that mixes these genres together I think very well. And I mean, I think there's some really cool shots. Uh, I love the shot of, of her going back to the school for the first time after the body swap. Like you have like this uh, slow-mo confetti shot of like, it, it almost looks like a, like a princess entrance type thing. Yeah. But then the music, the music cue changes and like, you know, things aren't right. You know, you, things are different mm -hmm. with this character. And I think that, that whole, like that shot was pretty awesome. I thought, or at least it stands out to me or stood out to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought Freaky was a lot of fun. I, it's it's another. Speaking of Universal, this is one of their titles that they did. You know, they didn't really promote it a whole lot uh, as a Pivot option, but you know, it did its theatrical, came the Pivot, and that's how we saw it. Mm -hmm. um, but I would definitely recommend it if you're, you know, horror comedy fan, horror fan, slasher fans, Vince Vaughn fan, Catherine Newton fan. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really fun. Yeah, definitely recommend it. I mean, I definitely think if it sounds fun after that description, then you probably know exactly yeah. what it is. I mean, that's the one thing you can say about a movie like this. It kind of is what is advertised, and it 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 hits all those. It's all yeah, those I mean, and, and it, even in that opening sequence, like it's like it's like kind of, you know, talking to like the, like Scream and like you know the slasher movies, even the mm -hmm. more modern slasher era, um, pretty obviously, and then it kind of dovetails into this body swap horror high school thing which i think works really well um once these characters switch bodies and it, i think it's really funny you know especially vince vaughn playing a high school girl uh you know meant like you know i thought that was hilarious right um, and he doesn't if movie, you're worried you know, if he does too much of like he doesn't like make her cartoony or anything he just kind of plays the no, slightly no. like flighty aspect of a teenager um, and the slightly less grounded kind of personality, less w less world weary or something. But yeah, he, if yeah. you're worried he's going to do like a kind of a mincing performance that's kind of misogynistic, that's not what it is at all. It's almost like a genuine yeah. attempt to to evoke 
I don't know. I think, you know, he might be a little underrated as an actor. I know that people have their own reasons for feeling whatever way about him. I've loved so many things that he's done. Um, but I do think yeah. that he is ultimately, when you think back to why he's a star, it's, you know, that guy we saw in Swingers, um, he's got that quality and he can just bring a yeah. certain kind of zing to a line reading or to a role. Um, and I do sense a certain amount of his humor in the way this is put together, but it does not have those, the marks of kind of like a, like it doesn't feel like an improv bro comedy sort of thing like, sure. like he normally does. So it's not quite on brand, yeah. but it does have his humor intact. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. What else? What else? What else? Well, we were going to yeah. mention Unhinged, which is another movie where a, an actor that we know is playing sort of a, a villain in a slasher type scenario. But um, I mean, there's a. I think there's a lot you could say about Unhinged, but I also think you could just talk about it like a very elemental movie. It's it's. I I don't know. This one really. I mean, I, this one really got me thinking in a lot of different ways. I mean, both in terms of the quality of the movie and what it's really trying to do, and 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 also just the pulse pounding nature of it and. Some of the action in it is amazingly shot and edited. Um, uh, I don't know. I, this movie really kept surprising me. Even as I realized what it was doing and it never really veered from that path, it would still surprise me with like some of the beats and some of the just the rhythms of it. It, Yeah, it's it's uh, relentless. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I felt about the movie. Uh I do agree like a lot of the action sequences and you know there was a lot of like tense moments and I, I think in general i actually really like Ru russell crowe in the movie in general i think he's pretty great in general in most movies that he's in but this is a little bit of a different character for him and it's a little and then like you said it, it can kind of come off as like almost like a slasher revenge type thing but he, you know he's genuinely scary in this movie. yeah he really is i mean, I mean that's uh, one of those things that works very so well scary. about this movie is that he yeah. really is scary and the fact that the movie's got this it's almost miserable though to go through this experience with these characters like it if freaky was a lot of fun this movie does not have it's not fun right right it, it, but and it's almost like some of the some of the things i have issue with it like you know these characters get into situations it's like this this you know the the constant conversation about like logic and like you know in, in getting yourself in a situation and staying in it like i know some of the scenarios in the movie like where the the mother and son are like that they're in together i just i had trouble kind of sticking with uh them still being in that situation mm. um like they're you know in terms of like <laughs> i don't know logic i guess is what i'm thinking but but i think the big takeaway for me though going back to the crow performance is really what is so scary about that person and that that performance is that like that is so many people in the world mm, yeah. you know that is that you, we've all seen that this type of person on the road with road rage or in a, in an environment in a social in a shopping environment in a movie theater you know just this person that has had you know you you get this little bit of like you know why they're so the way they are sort of but that just how scary people can become. Then he's just like a normal guy, you know. It's yeah. like it's just a guy driving his car, and it's just uh, and the people on the other side of it, just how unfortunate they are that they happen to bump in, you know, not not literally per se, but like kind of like cross paths with a character of that nature, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked his performance in it, and I think overall the movie was was okay for me. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know about... Uh, I don't know. I think it's such a perfectly constructed concept, but the act of watching it is so, like I said, just 
kind of miserable. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm describing yeah. what you're talking about from a different point of view is that I kept thinking how kind of screwed they were in the moment and they didn't really have much they could do, but the character does, there are like two or three moments in the movie you could point to and you could go, well, did, would you have to do it that way or could you not? Yes. But, but, yes. but in terms of the logic of the movie, they do a good job of showing how in the moment she makes a decision based on what she thinks her options are. And she's flawed. Right. And... And I think that helps me sometimes with this type of movie to notice that though she is definitely the protagonist. I mean, I think anybody who reads this movie as like somehow vindicating his character's rage at like someone being rude to him, it reminds me of the people that saw Falling Down and thought that Michael Douglas's character was was in the right or someone you should admire. Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. I, I think it would yeah. be hard for someone to walk out of this movie feeling like this movie is saying that about Russell Crowe's character. But I know those people, like that angry person you're talking about, they do think that like the movie's not really that politicized, but there is a little bit of a sort of she's a she, you could sort of guess how these characters would vote, you know, mm. and I do feel yeah, like there's yeah, enough. Yeah, it's yeah. commenting enough on that kind of rage. That's why I said this movie gave me so much to think about after watching it without even me realizing it is because I did wonder, was it trying to say something? I definitely think it comes down on the side of Russell Crowe being like a bad guy and it's not trying to vindicate him. But it does leave hanging this sort of aspect of the mistakes she makes, the mistakes of characters she makes that got her into the situation that she's in. I don't know. It's really tough for me to guess if the movie's really trying to say something broader or if it's just trying on those bigger themes to seem more important. Because this kept feeling to me like right. a low-budget, like, B-movie, you know? But it's made with kind of a pedigree, and it's got this, like, Russell Crowe's involvement, but the, also the creative team behind it as well. I don't know. There's a There's something... There's something unusual about this movie that really warrants seeing, but I, I don't think many people, because I thought, oh, maybe this would be fun to watch with my wife and son because we watch this kind of, you know, thriller type film. And about 30 minutes into it, I thought, no, this is just, this is, this is not going to be that fun to watch with them. <laughs> like if it had a little yeah. bit more fun in it, a little bit less just the, the bleakness of it, then I might feel differently about it. But it's not particularly funny, though it does have a little bit of a, a black humor to certain aspects of it. Yeah, it's mostly down to the performance. You're right. And just how... You, you don't want this guy coming for you. And maybe the fact that I do believe that guy is out there. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it does. It, it adds to the effect of the movie that you feel like if you accept some of her logical choices, the, the idea of how relentless he is and how just he's not going to be stopped and he doesn't care if he dies. Um, it makes him into kind of a slasher character, you know? Yeah, definitely. Ronald, did you see it? I can't tell from the conversation. No, 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 no you I, have, didn't, okay. I, didn't, I didn't see it yet. I want to. I like Russell Crowe. I like the premise. I like kind of small movies like that. I mean, not to say it's a small movie, but you know what I mean, like the scale of it, the scale of the story. It does yeah. feel for, I mean, it's it's got a gritty quality to it, so. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. And if you like movies about how ineffectual the police are, this one's pretty, <laughs> this one's pretty <laughs> solid. Um, yeah. Yeah, we could definitely pick at some of those logical choices, Steve. Uh that she yeah. makes. There's even one in News of the World. There's something Tom Tom Cruise. Uh, now I'm saying it. There's something that Tom Cruise <laughs> said to me about that movie that I thought I'd relate yeah, to you yeah. guys. Um, that uh, there's a scene in the middle when they go to that town. Oh and no! Tom Hanks Don't reads even. the news to that town. And I, I really wonder what he was doing in that moment. Like, I don't know if I bought that character making that injudicious of a choice. I get why he would do that if he was on his own. But I don't get why I... he did that with the girl in tow. Because he's not just endangering his own life. He's endangering her life. And he knew it. This is this is what I mean about something. Something is being sprinkled on all the media that's coming out. Where people are like, this person's woke. And he's going to fight. 
for what's right no matter what. When right. in, in actuality, if somebody was in a town full of brutal people, he'd probably be like, this is the greatest man of all time. He <laughs> slayed dragons. He, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't slander a man that, that had your life in the balance. Yeah. And I think there's something that's happening where like... I, I, wait, I, wait, wait. Liberal. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, Ronald, and I wouldn't. But Tom Hanks would. But Tom Hanks absolutely would. But there's something that's happening where like, you know, I'm a liberal dude. And there's like this mutation of liberalism that's kind of being sprinkled in all the god i sound like a like i have a tin hat on no you don't but you know what I'm you talking don't about. actually like, you're saying the opposite thing i think if people think you sound that a, way if they see the movie they'll know what we're talking about is yeah. like a woke character existing in this time feels kind of anachronistic and so it does it's, feel a little bit like it's a way to make us not feel ambiguous about tom hanks um in the movie you know it's the way that people talk about how they will react to history now right it's like if, if i were back if i were in slavery i would have beat up all the slave but i would have punched him in the face and i don't know pour right in a kisser it's like it's like that kind of weird revisionist version of history where you feel like you could change things with the scope that you have now and the protection that you have now and the privilege that you have now back in the day it's yeah. very strange it's hard to watch it sometimes but Overall, the movie was great. I'm yeah. just saying, we're going to find this in a lot of movies for the next, like, five, six years until things get a little more balanced. So, I don't Well, see, I feel like the narrative in these movies has always been that white people were good. You know, so I feel like what you're getting now is, like, a slightly more realistic depiction of how white people weren't good. And then you've got to throw the one white guy in who, like... <laughs> We, hey, folks, hey, we cannot cancel Tom Hanks's character. Just listen, you know, despite the fact that we know he was fighting for the Confederacy just a few years back. Um, we know that he, he was didn't, we know that he didn't like it. He, he was old and slow. I mean, yeah. if, if, if <laughs> it's, a, it's it would be the equivalent, Steve, it'd be the equivalent of if you went into like a biker bar and be like, all oh, you bastards are bastards and I'll beat all you up. One at a time. You got to stand up for yourselves. You guys are, you guys suck. You need to work. You just bike all day. That's, that's what he did in a room full of people that could have destroyed him. It's like the you moment go, in Green Room when the band plays the anti-Nazi song, you know, yes. in front of the crowd of Nazis. It's like that kind of move. It's that kind of move where you're like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah. I, what's the benefit of this? You can only be beat up. You can only be beat up and or killed. Well, he's like, Stay low. Don't call attention to yourself. You know. <laughs> and then yeah. he gives, By the like, way, gives like a political speech. <clears throat> anyway, but there is some cool commentary on on yeah. news and as how it fits into now. The, the, so the, cool. That which brings us back to Unhinged, which got us on this this idea of how how are these themes in these movies? It, it does does Unhinged feel vaguely politicized to you too, Steve? Like, did you find yourself thinking throughout yeah. that it was almost resisting making any direct association either way, so that it wouldn't seem that way? But then, did you notice in the last shot the 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 crane moves up and there's an American flag hanging there. Did you did you catch that? Like yep. I actually did yep. think, okay, that can't be an accident. So therefore, this movie does want us to feel that it's saying something about like rage in America. But surely mm. it's not suggesting that like <laughs> that she could have made peace with this man. You know what I mean? Because it never seemed like it was really possible. It, if if anything, the moral is like just be nice to everybody because they might turn out to be a psycho that tries to ruin your life. You know? Yeah. But it's not like saying words to live by. Right. But that's a weird lesson when someone's a maniac <laughs> to be like, you should reach out. You should really be more. You should listen more to the guy who's yelling at you. You know, anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. It's almost kind of victim shaming, too. It's like, hey, yes. why don't you flip this around? He, this attacker, you, 
You should. Oh, Unhinged is kind of victim shaming the movie, except for the fact that, like I said, I don't think you're supposed to like Russell Crowe at all. Um, by the way, is that yeah. all him, or is that that's some? Oh, that's all him. That's all him. Wow. Oh yeah, he's yeah he's he's, he's okay. been that way for a he's, little bit. He's. I mean, I knew that he was, but you know, he is. All right. He's talking about his robotic arm. I'm talking about uh, his uh, the, the hair color. I was like, is that really? Oh, his hair color? okay. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It's it's the fact yep. that he has brown shoes on every scene. That's yeah. crazy. I know. Yeah, it was not, a choice. Not even but... in season. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well, that's all I got this well, week. <clears throat> yeah, there's there's three, uh, one or two available now. One available Christmas Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you get in, in a bubble and roll down to the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Have either of you guys? Because I book out a whole screen for yourself, but then still don't do that. Have any of you guys seen Fat Man? No, I started to watch that, and I, I haven't finished it yet. I liked it. You man. talked about it last time, though. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I, I, you know, no, you mentioned it last time. I wanted to, and I started to watch it. Just haven't finished it yet, but yeah, yeah I need to check it out. It's a fun. I think I'm, I'm. I think I'm going to like it though. From so far, however, Walter for how Goggins. far I am into it now, I think. Uh, yeah, I love him. He's so he's great. Good. Yeah, he's such a he's jerk so in it. Oh my God, he's so good. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, there we go, dude. Uh, before we wrap up, do you guys have anything else you want to mention quickly that you watched? Uh, any other series, shows, movies? I'll hold it till next time. Things of the nature. Yeah. No. No. Of I the nature. I think I'm. I think I'm good. I want to thank everybody that watched the the interview that we did for Run, the, the director and the producer mm-hmm. of the movies. Yeah. Just incredible reaction. I mean, like. We couldn't have asked for a better response. And, you know, through whatever, you know, I'm glad that people were able to see it. Um, yeah, so that makes me super happy. Thank yeah, you. Thank it has you for encouraged watching. us not just to hopefully get more interviews <clears throat> in the future, but um, the fact that if you're watching this on video right now, that's because a lot of people watched <laughs> our run clip. So I don't yeah. know what the likelihood... Apparently people watch YouTube a lot. Yeah. That's what it yeah, seems. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of popular, yeah. You knew. Yeah. I know, man. And <laughs> technically right now, every day is a Friday, if you think about it. You can kind of make every day a Friday when it comes to COVID, if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week with some more news, reviews, other things. Uh, relating to the movies and TV, uh, I don't. I don't really know. I don't know that we have a plan for next week yet. I don't know. It'll be wow, two weeks before Christmas. Yeah, That's insane. Yeah, today. But I mean, wow. Okay, so that that's something. That's something. Um, but yeah. Either way, we'll be back. We'll be back next week. Absolutely, for sure, for sure. Um, I want to thank you too, uh, because this has been kind of wild to think about us doing these every week since this whole thing started. It, it, it's been something that uh, has kind of definitely been a bright spot of my week. I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll say, Absolutely. and uh, I know I know we were like, you know, we were doing our best to kind of do these as often as possible every two to three weeks. You know, when we were doing them in person and meeting up, and I think this has been like a silver lining. I've had a couple silver linings of this whole pandemic experience, and this is definitely one of them. So. Thank you guys very much for kind of, you know, everybody being flexible, trying to make it work every week so that we can record these. And especially now trying to, you know, get onto the YouTube side of it and hopefully find some more viewers, listeners, however they choose to listen to the Movie Schmovie podcast. Uh, It's awesome. So I'm really happy about that. Um, We're at movieschmovie.com, facebook.com slash movieschmovie. 
uh, movieshmovie at gmail.com, youtube.com slash movieshmovie. Damn, look at that. Steve, look you should up. just start telling people where they can't find movieshmovie. <laughs> We're, we're not on Disney Plus. We're not in theaters. We're not on Disney Plus. We're not in theaters. We're not in theaters. Not in theaters. We're not on PVOD. Yeah. We're free. We're free VOD, actually, if you yeah. just find us. We're there. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week and uh, we'll talk soon. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.